Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. So what if it never happened? And so we've been building towards this a little bit. This is not episode 12, obviously, but we've been building towards this idea of commitment. Right? Sorry, is 12 the one we've been building towards? I didn't know this. Well, remember, the first 12 were all about relationship dynamics in various ways, right? What keeps people together, what tears them apart, etc. And then there's something about the other eight, which I still don't know. It's some elevated version of this, okay, fine. I guess. This song is so ridiculous, though, and I was like, really, of all songs? Why is it this song? It's fantasy. We're just going to go away and we're going to live this like really nice life in these islands and it's all just this dreamy experience. But why is that fantasy? If it never happened, that's totally possible. Yeah, exactly. I called it fantasy. (laughs) Well, I always thought the song was about fantasy. But I think that what we're learning is what if it never happened means that all the fantasies are not fantasies at all. Most of them, right? Yeah. Which is very good for someone who believed in unicorns and rainbows because it's like, see... See, they could have been unicorns and rainbows. Yeah. If we could just literally get over our shit already. Yeah. So then... I don't think I've heard you say that for a while. What, unicorns and rainbows? No, if we could get over our shit already. Well, that would be it, right? <laughs> it's like, oh. I mean, I find marriage really fascinating because I've kind of flip-flopped between being someone who was like, yeah, yeah, like marriage sounds really fun to marriage sounds like my worst nightmare, mm-hmm. right? And I think it eventually got to the point where I realized the reason, the defining factor between what was fun and what was my worst nightmare was the people I was thinking I could marry. Mm-hmm. Because if I could imagine marrying any of the people I was dating in my karma or settling in any way, mm-hmm. marriage did definitely feel like a punishment in mm-hmm. some ways or an obligation, you know? And then all of a sudden, I think it was just one day, it kind of hit me that if I was with someone who I really was excited by and respected and matched me and fit me and my life that I couldn't just see myself getting married to them, but I could also see myself having children with them. And in some ways that's an even bigger commitment, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's whatever happens, you're always going to be in each other's lives. And also you're blending your DNA with theirs, which is quite an intense moment for all. (laughs) Yes, um, (laughs) very much. So I really found that that was maybe the difference. But then it really got me thinking, like, how do you know if you're meant for marriage, when you should get married, when it makes sense to get married, or even if you're ready to get married, or even when you want to get married, like all these questions, like, Mm -hmm. how do you know about about all of that? Yeah, we're still unraveling a lot of that. Because again, we're still in this space of, well, everyone else is doing it, so we should too. Or our parents did it, maybe we should too. I think there's still more people who believe in marriage than don't. But also, I think the one thing that I wasn't factoring in, which was quite significant Hmm. when it came to marriage, yes or no, was my feelings towards the other person. Because there's always, you know, when you look at marriage from a very objective place, Mm Right, You look at it in terms of, as you described in the previous episode, tax breaks and the world is built for two, all that kind of stuff, which is all unraveling anyway. We can see it around us. It is unraveling and that's great. But then there's also the other stuff of what we see our lives as being and what we've dreamed for ourselves, etc. As we were, you know, as we're growing up in this kind of socially constructed world. But the one thing I kept forgetting about was actually really caring about someone enough to want to commit to them that was the that was almost like the missing link for me <laughs> i think it is for a lot of people they um they convince themselves it's not 
they convince themselves that that's actually what's going what's first is mm. I feel for this person like I have feelings and I could see ourselves you know I could see us doing things together and having a future together mm. it's not really the same as the feelings that are required to actually want to marry somebody mm. so tell me the answers how do you know when to pull the trigger and get married so or if you're ready or even want to god I really hope we can answer all those questions today <laughs> Well, first of all, it would really help to start off with telling yourself that I'm not sure if I really want to get married. Always start from the like, There's I don't options. know. There's options. Okay. Because Makes sense. it's convincing yourself that you believe wholeheartedly in one path inevitably sets you up for destroying that path somehow. Because you're always going to have to question somewhere. And you don't get to choose it if you believe that there's no choice. Right, exactly. So if you start off questioning it pretty early on, you'll be able to answer that much more easily, right? And some people will just say, well, I always knew. And that's fine. You know, in many ways, I did know or suspect that I would, but I also kept a very open mind because I used to say, I don't really know. Because my dad used to say, don't. <laughs> so I used to come with it with a, with a sort of health, healthy skepticism. Yeah, I mean, your dad said it in our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but at the same time I agree with you but it's funny because when I look back when I was younger I was like yeah I'm definitely gonna get married and then through my karma I was like 100% all I need is just that person to slot in and that's gonna happen yeah but then when I came out of my karma I was like I don't want marriage at all because everyone's relationships are really unhappy <laughs> and they're all kind of they all maybe fell in love but you know, I knew people who were getting married for the wedding. I knew people who were getting married for the honeymoon. I knew people mm-hmm. who were getting married for the maternity leave. Like, it was so much of a, like, and they came out of it. And all of a sudden, it's like looking at the other person being like, I need you now to fix me because that's what mm-hmm. we're meant to do. And I resent you because you're not. Or you're trying and you're failing and you're miserable and I'm still miserable and we all just fucking hate each other. Right? Right. And so... Then I was like, well, I don't. So then I kind of got left at the end of it going, well, I've had phases in my life where I did and I've had phases in my life where I didn't. I don't know. I guess I'm just going to have to leave it on person dependent. Right. Exactly. Which I think is sort of where I ended up landing, which was maybe I will, maybe I won't, but let me just see. And the more open you are to how things could be is where you can then start to figure it out. Again, because also, what's a piece of paper? You might decide that you want you want to live together. You might decide you want to have kids together. You might decide you don't actually want to get married, but there are other things, right? Like, yeah. who knows? Yeah, I don't even know. I just can't. And when guidance talk about marriage, do they mean like vows, marriage, the marriage? Or is there another they way a bit they would more. define it? Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons why we, we look at relationships is like you said, like, oh my God, I would never want that is because it's really one of the few ways in which we've been able to play out and burn out our karma. Right. For our growth and evolution and for our karmic issues, relationships have been front and center, which is why we can sour on them so easily, which is because I don't want that mm. anymore because that just represents something painful, something awful, years of my life's, you know, down the drain for what? So marriage was just a practical union, right, between two entities to ensure future security. We can go into that, but there's no need. There's plenty of books and stories about that. But that was... Really, one of the most assured ways that we could experience our snooze for you, growth and evolution, and uphold the values of separation. As we said, tent poles really love marriage. Yeah. They really love the nuclear family. And if we're in a partnership with one person, I guess it's you can learn lots of different things with one person without having to like, meet someone new all the time. But at the same time, you know, you are getting fed and you are somehow 
operating in these kind of like nuclear roles that allow you to remote survive so you can mm-hmm. focus on other things like yeah. your emotion. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it served us in separation. Kudos to that concept. It really did help us survive yeah. as, as human species, well, right? Well, funnily <laughs> enough, ironically, the separation, the way in which we antidoted separation was to come together, yes. even if it was just in pairs. Yeah. So really, the the answers to how to get through separation have always been there. Couple up. Yeah. Or just just kind <laughs> or of find community. Yeah, or find mm-hmm. someone. You know, mm-hmm. like like realize you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually it's kind of evolved through raising consciousness. You know, we have the personal growth part that can be achieved irrespective of the relationships that we're in, right? Yeah. Maybe when we're in our karma, there's a lot of triggering stuff in relationship and that's why we do it for our karma. But we can achieve um, a decent amount of growth on our own, which is why we've been able to allow marriage to kind of transcend its original purpose. So that way, not so that it all falls apart entirely, but so that we can come into it consciously. Because as I said before, there's still room for partnership, but there's still room for relationship, right? Our human species depend upon that. So we just need to figure out how can we make it work for us consciously. Yeah. Marriage, as in, as guidance would define it, it's the covenantal union between two souls, which is still going to be of great benefit, right? Not just for our growth and evolution, but also for transcendence. Transcendence to what? From what? To our divine self. Okay. Yeah. Which is why there's still value to it. And again, that's why we've had to like record these several episodes up till now for us to understand all the different dynamics surrounding relationship. Okay. Right? So we can just sort of strip away and can we see marriage through a different lens? Which is? That it serves to ground us. And gives room for our purpose, right? Because you're not worrying so much about who you're going to fuck tomorrow. Exactly. And it's not always like ups and downs. And no, is this person going to text me? Should yeah. I reach out to this person who ghosted me a year ago? You know, you're just, your your time, energy, and awareness is not spent on another person. Mm. Yeah. At least not in that way. And it gives us the arena to grow harmoniously with one who is equally committed to their growth and evolution. Yeah, and this is actually probably something I couldn't say in the previous episode about my experience in my marriage is that, and I think to me this was actually intuitive, I wouldn't say intuitive, but this was something I couldn't articulate about Ricardo where you were like, yes, but you guys do something similar. And I was like, well, I'm not sure if I see it like that. But one thing that I'd always, that I'd seen pretty early on was that he was very committed to living his life and living his best life, whatever that was. Like he had a lot of drive. He had a lot of motivation. And I don't mean just like career ambition, but there was something hungry about him in terms of how he approached living, that he didn't seem like the type who settled or became complacent. And that meant something to me. Because it allowed you, I guess, because I guess that makes sense because one thing is, okay, we're not distracted by all the relationship drama and stuff, even mm-hmm. though when that relationship has drama, it's probably much more consuming. Yeah, um, which people love. Yeah. People love it. At the same time, it's this place where you can actually grow together mm-hmm. and gives you kind of like the, for example, you wouldn't have traveled all around the world the way you did right. if it wasn't for Ricardo. Or you wouldn't have 
been able to do your write your books initially Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for Ricardo you know like so it does make sense that actually because I remember this and I've thought about this a lot and I was hoping to understand more about it today Hmm. and I can't believe I'm the one bringing this up but I will but you were (laughs) saying when two people come into partnership their fates overlap okay and I wanted to understand a bit more about that if possible Okay, so we'll explain that as we go because trust me, that will come in. Okay, but let me just finish. There's there's one more thing that is good about marriage. I don't say it's good about marriage. That there's one more purpose that marriage serves. Okay, <laughs> which is that there's a reservoir of joy that is created between the people that are in it, and you can make that available to one another. And I'm gonna see if I can f- explain that because I know it sounds a bit weird. But you're in your light, and I got my light. And I'm a fun person. I'm not speaking about me specifically because that's probably debatable. I'd like to think I am, but I'm probably really boring. You're okay. (laughs) I'm okay. (laughs) That's what I kind of thought. I'm in the middle. (laughs) I think I'm more fun than you on like a daily basis now, but also because you have like, you know, graduating children and, you know. I got a lot going on. You got a lot going on. And I have a washing machine that never stops. Would you have been more fun than me in my 20s? 100%. Probably. I um, I actually really like being somewhat impulsive and spontaneous. It's really my thing. Yeah, no, it actually was my hallmark until I had children. See, now I'm learning to be it's really sad. <laughs> I just became more. But to I be take fair, on all the fun stuff that I do, you kind of push me to do sometimes as well. So, yeah, no, I'll give you fun. Thank you. I'll give you fun in your heart, <laughs> less in your current behavior. I'll give you that. Bless you. No, no, because you are. I you definitely it. are. Fun in your heart. <laughs> fun in your heart that gets, oh, I guess I'm explaining the reservoir of joy thing. <laughs> because you've got fun in your heart. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sad. And then I'm like, I'm going to go do this. And you're like, go do it. And then I go do it. And then I get fun in my heart too. Mm-hmm. And so because of the fun in your heart, I have fun in my heart. Yeah. And then when we come together, we laugh. Yeah. We feed off of each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that great I'm glad you finished that metaphor because I was like, how am I going to explain this? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because often what could happen, if that's not what's going on, usually one is more of the energy vampire, like the joy sucker. Yep. You know, like you've got one in the partnership who is... We all know a joy sucker. (laughs) Thank you. And there's one who's the planner. I was definitely the joy sucker for a while. I think we've all been there when we're all in our lowest mm, points. Yeah. You know, let's be fair. I'm not saying that there's always the one. <laughs> yeah, and we're yeah. all, and it's just the one joy sucker. We've all been there, depending. Yeah, yeah. But what if it never happened? Some people just don't have a certain experience with making plans or giving in to sort of spontaneity or allowing things to unfold. You, you know? need someone else to inspire that from you. Yeah, I'm kind of the one who is sort of the planner of I'm the two. The... But it's funny because certain things that I wouldn't gravitate toward, my husband loves live performances and concerts. Yeah. And so he's the one who's on that, mm. which is cool because that pushes me in a way that I, because it's too far in advance, I can't get my head around it. Yeah. That, you know, so we kind of do that for each other, which that is makes nice. makes sense. If we, okay, so I know this is the season about like, if what if it never happened? But I'm just going to put this in here for anyone who's listening who might still be in their karma or experiencing somewhat of a karmic relationship. You can still be in your karma and be married right? Karma is not the doom of one's marriage. I'm still married and we had our karma. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But you have to be consistently committed to your growth. That's what saves the marriage. Like if I can move through this and really want to do this and still be with you, not because you're my crutch and I can't do this without you. Even though if you're in your karma, there'll be a touch of that anyway. Could be, but I... Or a touch of could. So then how... That's not always the case though, because 
often. I mean, you can find yourselves in different positions, but it depends on what your karmic theme is. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I forget about that. Yeah. Um, so then how do you know if marriage, how do you okay. know or feel like marriage is for you or not? Like, how do you know? I okay. feel like so we back to that. We have not answered my no, question. No, we did not answer that question because we needed to lay out other things first, I guess. Okay. So you got to be able to ask yourself three things. Am I capable of supporting another person on their path? Pretty much as you support yourself, can I do this for another person? Okay. So how do you know that? Like, what do you mean by that? Again, as you are capable of supporting yourself and seeing yourself through things and showing yourself compassion. Yeah. It's not necessarily like the highs, lows, and the good times and the bad. Can you hold space for somebody who's going through things? Fine. And it's not about, can I just be totally responsible for their journey? It's just, can I hold space for them to figure it out for themselves? Yeah. And can I, am I capable? And am I actually in a position to show real concern, not fake concern? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That makes sense. You know, it's like, oh, I think I should care. So I will. Exactly. Let me remember and remind myself to ask two questions. So that way it seemed like I really am concerned when I just really want to move on to talk about my day. Yeah. And also because the thing is, and then to know that really is to remember that the health of the partnership and the joy in the partnership depends on both people and the partnership, right? Very much. And honestly, you really have to consider how resilient you are and how accepting you are of your own path. Because that's really what allows you to do it for someone else. What do you mean by that? It's a bit like, imagine you've just kind of gone through a process. Okay. Whatever healing process you have done. Whatever thing you have moved through. It could be a big life thing. Like, you know, the death of somebody close to you, Mm. etc. You get to a certain point, you can look back and be like, wow, that really shaped me. Mm. Wow, that really brought something to my life. That opened my heart in some way, etc. Now, can you do that for someone else? Can you look at someone and say, well, they're, you know, this is their process. Their heart must be opening. Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be something super deep. It could be like, oh, wow, they might be facing a massive career transition. And maybe this is freaking them out a little bit because they've never been without a job or mm. they worry about, you know? Yeah. But can we do that in a way where we can, you know, and can I bring joy to that relationship in the meantime? So maybe we're not all suffering under the weight of this yeah. misery. And maybe... <laughs> Can I, when I know quite a lot about the answer to the stuff, not just give them the answer and then get annoyed that they didn't take it, but actually allow them the space to figure out the answer for themselves? Okay, so the second question, again, it might take us about a second to unpick it, but it's, am I capable of having an open mind about life and the world and what is required to live in it? So is that effectively just having no expectations? Um, no, it's really, I mean, yeah, no expectations. They're like, no, it has more to do with the fact that can I see beyond the corner of my world? How broad is my lens when in perspective when it comes to how I live, where I live? And what does that mean? Because that's oneness, effectively. Okay, go on. Yeah. So you're saying that, am I, am I willing to live in other countries? Is that what it is? No, it has nothing to do with that. But can I just keep the biggest perspective possible about everything? Can I be open about where my life leads? Yeah. Can I be open about where the world is going and the evolution that is taking place before my eyes? Or am I just going to remain steadfast in my way and expecting the world to accommodate me? Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure I fully understand, but okay. Um, Because it's not what I thought. Because intuitively, when you said it, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Because you don't know what a relationship's going to look like. You don't know how it's going to evolve. Can you just be open to go with it and see where it lands? And if it doesn't work for you, bazounce, and it's fine. Right. So, okay. So what if it never happened, but we're still here for our growth and evolution? Okay. Yeah. So... When we talk about having an open mind about life and the world and everything, we have to understand that we are here 
on ever-shifting ground. That okay. not every day is going to look the same, right? Mm-hmm. We're not living in, you know, as, as life was like decades before when things maybe happened a lot more slowly. Mm-hmm. So can I really perceive how quickly life is going to change? Possibly, right? And it's and not quite thing. in an expectations way, but it's more that I've got to grow and evolve as the world is. But also because the thing is, is that in karma, growth and evolution was painful because you had to see mm-hmm. where the pain is in order to heal it, blah, yeah. blah. When there's no karma, growth and evolution is just, it might push us, but there's no pain. It's growing, you know, it's more about the growing from joy, growing from more experiences, mm-hmm. having more things happen, but in like maybe a fun way or in a more challenging way, but it's not going to kill us or heartbreak us or break us open from inside out, right? Yeah. And that's the baseline that we're starting from. That is the what if it never happened. Mm-hmm. What if we don't have the hangover our karma and we're not stuck in it? So at that point, is it can we see that actually when you're there, you're much lighter? You know, that is the one difference about growth is that we joke is that like where it would take me months to unpick something, now it's a couple of hours. That means that every single time I learn something new, and it could be three, four things in a day, I go to bed feeling like first of all, it's been like a week since I was last there. But mm-hmm. second of all, I'm an entirely different person than when I woke up that morning. Yeah. And so if things are changing that fast all the time. Can I be open about who I'm going to be next week or the week after? Can I be open about what our relationship will look like? Mm-hmm. Can I also just trust that the relationship will evolve along with it? Yeah. So I don't stump myself in order to keep myself in it. Yeah. Because what we're really looking at here is if you're moving along at that pace, you got to hope your partner is too. Yeah. And so you both need to be very open-minded. Mm. Do you feel like we, not that we're in marriage, but in sorts, do you feel like we kind of move along similar pacings? I think now we are. I don't think we did before. Yeah, no, because I was like sad a lot. I think so. So the third question is, am I capable of showing up in the most conscious ways? Yeah. In order to meet my needs and desires, as well as those of another person. Now, this is not to be confused with I am everything they need and desire. Okay. And that I am solely responsible for fixing everything and making them happy. It's not like that at all. Okay. So what is it like? It's This is true partnership. As in, can I just step up and be there for them the way I know that I would need them to be there for me? Whilst also not sacrificing myself in the process. Well, of course not. I wouldn't possibly want anybody to sacrifice or bend over backwards to meet my needs. That That would hold them back. Yes. Right. And that's, that doesn't feel right. Mm. I would never try to slow somebody down just so I could feel better about myself. That's not it. No. Would someone's answer just be like, well, I'm just so busy right now. No. Would that be an answer or are we talking more emotionally rather than like time wise? It could be in any way. It could be in any way as, as we know, you know, consciousness covers all the bodies. Right. So really what are my needs and desires that maybe can't be realized without a partner? Okay, like partnership. Yeah. (laughs) Like something as simple as partnership or... Yeah, no. So showing up isn't necessarily like a physical showing up. Can I like literally make time in my very busy adult, you know, my my very busy, responsible, purpose-led schedule to like be there for them? It's not like that. But again, it's... Like do you require more than one hour a day because I ain't got it? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's again, it's not about physical time and space as much as it is about the mental and emotional in spiritual showing up, right? As you could attest to, my husband doesn't always show up for me physically. <laughs> He's gone a lot. Or even then, if I ask him to do something, well, nope, can't do that. 
but I will compromise. I'll give you another room to work in. How about that? And that's actually not just a simple, let's just trade spaces. It means that he also has to refocus everything that he's doing in order to make that happen. He's showing up for me in the way that he can. Okay, so it's about showing up away in the way that you can. Yes. I understand what I can give you Mm -hmm. because I understand what I also need to give to myself. Actually, this is really interesting. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. 99% of my relationship problems were effectively because I was preempting someone else's wants and needs, sacrificing myself, and then resenting them for it. Okay. But the more I did that, the more guilty and shit I felt. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't being able to get out of it until one day I realized that the key to unlocking a lot of this stuff, I'd acknowledge my needs and desires and be able to be like, this is what I'm capable of. Mm -hmm. And therefore, this is how I can connect with you. Mm -hmm. And either the person then had a choice of saying yes or no. Yes. Right. And then in that way... Is that yeah. what you mean? Yes, it is. It is. It's a bit like in the story when I first met Ricardo and we first started going out and he was like not making time or he didn't make time. And then I was like, what? I know. And then I found, he... that, found that an extremely overblown reaction. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, I have plans that night that I've already committed to. I'd do the same thing. If I'd committed to something else, I would. Again, I, mean, you know. I was somebody who was all about being flexible and there was yeah. enough time in the day that everyone could have what they wanted. <laughs> And I like spontaneity where I was like, you have plans, but you can also Ben said plans or yes, you have plans, but there's also, do you have plans before that? I mean, whatever. Anyway, I'm obviously over it. (laughs) It didn't stop us from getting married, but it was also the, okay, like you said, this is what I'm capable of giving. And again, it doesn't have to be in the physical realm. It could be in any other realm. And it needs to be in any other, you know, the other realms as well, right? Because it's not just about basic dating. But it's what about... I'm capable of giving is that enough to also meet your needs and desires. Because yeah. if I, for example, wanted to marry someone and they were needy in their karma, I'd know that the amount they needed from me would be quite a fuck ton yeah. to in order to then get yeah. out of it, yeah. get through hell, do all the bits they had to do, right? If they were like, if they were just at the start of their karmic undoing process, the amount of commitment they would need from me would be way more than I'd be able to give them. Mm-hmm. In terms of like one-on-one, you know, yeah. timing. So it's also about that match, I guess. Is it that is. what you mean? Yes, very much. And relationships fail sort of a few years down the road is because in that beginning bit, there there's usually one bending over backwards and not being open about what they want and desire. And the other one who's just kind of owning it. And once the longer they've been together. The one stops doing being able to do that anymore. Exactly. And then it's like, oh my God, we don't even know each other. Well, of course not. Because you never were yourselves in the first place. Okay. So is that why you say that relationships require trust? Yeah. Mostly in yourself for sure. Because you've got to know that you're going to be okay one way or the other. So you always make sure that you're making a choice. And it kind of goes back to something I said in one of the previous episodes, mm-hmm. which is we forget that in relationships, we choose our partner every day and every moment. Yeah. So actually, you need to always remember that you have a choice. So we need trust and we need the faith that we can like manage anything, right? And have our backs. But we also need to have responsibility, which is why we've like kind of gone on and on about responsibility in previous seasons, because the responsibility that you develop as you grow spiritually, I'm not going to talk about the karmic undoing process, but, you know, through your growth and evolution, part of what comes with that is responsibility. Well, to know that you can make a choice means to also be able to be responsible for the outcomes of that choice. Mm-hmm. 
right? And to also know that you can make a choice means that you are responsible for yourself. And in making that choice to share in somebody else's growth and evolution, because that's effectively what you're doing, right? You've got to be willing to take responsibility for your role in that, which most people neglect. Is the role going to be like, I'm going to trigger the fuck out of you or is I'm going to hold space while... I'm going to hold space. I'm going to hold plenty of space, right? And I'm going to also understand what's required of me in this partnership. And I'm going to be good with that. And if I'm not good with that, and if I don't think, if I think there's a potential that I won't be, then I'm not going to make this choice now and I'll stay in integrity that way. But how do you know that you can even make that choice when you don't know what's on the other side? Like, that's the bit that I just don't get. Like, if you would ask me... That's where your faith comes in. I wouldn't have known what was coming. No, no, most people don't. They think they do because, again, it's like... Because also you can't help but apply separation ideas to it. All right, I'm going to be responsible for your growth and evolution. That sounds boring and dramatic and not very fun at all. You know, but like, you're not responsible for another person's growth and evolution. You're sharing that responsibility, but you're not the one facilitating it. They are, right? But you're responsible in the sense that, well, you're first of all, you're not going to make it harder. You're going to be conscious enough to recognize what they're going through, when they're going through it. So you're, again, not sort of adding fuel to the fire. Mm. But you're not going to necessarily enable them either, which means you also have to be willing to step up and call them out on their bullshit. Yeah, which other people won't do either, right? They'll they'll emotionally cheat or they'll just go and fuck around rather than try to figure out, you know, what's going on with their partner and why they haven't had sex for three months. Mm. Yeah? They're going to all play out different scenarios and be willing and on you to figure out so that way you can come back to that healthy space. Okay. Yeah? That's what that means. Because as much as we think we know what's on the other side of marriage, we don't. And nobody ever did. They just hoped for the best and tried their damnedest to think, well, if I buy a house, then my life will look like this. If I marry this person, my life will look like this. But you have to fill it with your emotional and spiritual consciousness. And if you don't have it, then it gets filled with shit. But when you don't have your shit, the potential for so much is there. And that's the stuff you may not know, but if you're capable of giving it to yourself, then you can be pretty assured that you can find somebody to share that with. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.